Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSIN, the sports betting network. What's going on, everybody? Happy Wednesday. Welcome into the Lombardi Line presented by DraftKings alongside former NFL executive Michael Lombardi, Stormy Bonantoni with you. we got a great couple hours on tap. We've got quarterback conversation to get into, some coaching question marks moving forward and a whole lot more. But we got to start off finding out some information about the concert last night. Michael, how was Billy Joel? Awesome. Awesome. It was great. I mean, it's 90 shows in a row he sold out. You know, he's got this residency that's going to come to an end. So that means once a month he plays the garden and it was filled. It was filled to the rafters. Kids, people of all ages, too. That was the great part about it. You know, he hasn't had a new song, Stormy, since I think uh, uh, I think his last song was Famous Last Words. I mean, you know, and so he hasn't really written anything new. And yet people we everybody goes and he brought in some Christmas songs. He had his two little girls up there on stage singing. You know, they were, I think one's six and one's four and they were singing really good. So it was fun. And then, uh, you know, I thought, I thought there was a chance Springsteen might show because he always is a special guest. And last night, the special guest was Elvis Costello, which was great. It was awesome. I mean, what a great time. New York City at Christmas, there's really nothing better. Was, was that an early Christmas present for anybody or was that just something you guys all wanted to go do? That's awesome. You know, I think it, no, it was something we all wanted to do. And I think what, you know, one of the the benefits of of Mick, my son losing his job, is he gets to come back here and spends Christmas. Millie and I were always going to go. We were always going to take Michelle, our daughter-in-law, because she was planning on being here for Christmas because of the Raiders' schedule with playing Christmas Day and also playing New Year's Day. So that made sense, but it was tremendous. I mean, God works in mysterious ways. It was awesome to be able to go up there with him and and enjoy it and the great Bill Berman and his hey, and his yes. wife. So it was awesome. He double vested it. We it was a fashion trend all over the place. So it was fun. That's amazing. You guys definitely had a, a far superior yeah, time to what I did sitting on my couch yesterday watching Marshall and UTSA in the Scooters Coffee Frisco Bowl. Um, yeah, <laughs> I mean they covered though. You, I mean. Will Hill give out the Texas San Antonio yesterday on the show? So there it was. Crazy game, too. Marshall goes up, and then it ends up being a complete turnaround, which uh, I know Tim Murray was tweeting about it yesterday, how how many of these bowl games, it's like teams get up early and then complete flip of the script as the game goes on. So that that was an interesting one. We also got some interesting news this morning about the New York Jets, Michael. You know I have to go there. We got to do it. Um, So today was the final day of the 21-day window. such a good mood. Don't yeah, hate me. Now we're going to. Yeah. Oh, well, I know. I never would do that. I mean, I appreciate it. I know where you're going. Go ahead. It's the holiday re- season. Read it out. We are spreading holiday cheer. And it was an interesting situation for the Jets this week because today was the final day of that 21 day window for Aaron Rodgers. The team either had to decide if they were going to activate him or shut him down. And they're, they're kind of doing both because they are activating him to the 53 man yeah, roster. I mean, but he's, he's not going to play any more games this year. I'm confused now. I'm confused. Okay. So we're going to activate him, right? But we're not. But he's not going to play. Like, what does that mean? Is he going to be the like? We, we're going to create a roster spot for this, but he's not going to play now. What, but when you activate him, that means they could actually put him into practice, right? Because 
but he was on the practice window, so he can continue to do what he's doing. And if he's inactive, he can't play. I mean, it makes no sense to me. The only thing it does, the only sense that it makes is the fact that they can continue along his rehab on the field. If they would have reverted back to IR, he would not have been able to be on the field with them. So in that way, it does make sense. They're helping his IR, keeping a roster spot open for him. As the team made the announcement official today, Robert Sala spoke to media and answered some of their questions about activating Rodgers. Take a listen. We're still going to keep him on the active. Um, you know, we've got the roster flexibility with all the different things that have happened over the course of the last couple of weeks. And, um, you know, like I said, it's all part of his rehab. And, you know, just having him out on the football field is, is a plus for everybody. It's a plus for him. It's a plus for his teammates. And uh, so we're, we're going to keep him on the 53. Yeah, the continuous re- it's all part of his the rehab. So there would be days when he's out there, there there's days when he's not. And like I said, we we just have the roster flexibility. Otherwise it, we probably wouldn't be able to afford to do this. So there you go. He does obviously mention the rehab as you did, but also that it's a good thing for him and everybody around him. So maybe a, another portion of this is not only that he's practicing and he's able to keep up with the rehab process for the Achilles, but also just to be a presence for his teammates who, I mean, it hasn't been an easy go now. And we know Zach Wilson's still in the concussion protocol as of now. So uh, maybe just his presence and leadership is important. Yeah. I mean, obviously he he's going to be involved. I think this is really about his rehab more because he can get more done with the team than he can off by himself. So I think that's obviously the course of action. It's shocking. We have not heard about now, you know, one thing we've seen, you know, we know CJ Stroud's not progressing towards playing. We know that it sounds like Lawrence is right. Just listening to what Doug Peterson said, reading between the lines, sounds like he might play the lines, not moving that way, but it sounded like it would. And in this case, I don't know. I don't have a read on Zach Wilson playing or not. I really don't. I mean, he's still in the protocol. I don't know what that means. Does that mean we are going to get, you know, we are going to get, uh, we're not going to get him. We're going to get Trevor uh, Simeon. Uh, Trevor Simeon. I was going to say Taylor Heineke. We've got so many of these backup <laughs> quarterbacks playing this week. Oh, my gosh. So I, that's my read on it. I mean, that's kind of what I think. You know, the line and you know, the line that's interesting is Tampa opened up a three point, you know, dog to Jacksonville at home and now all the money has poured in on them and now they're a one point favorite, which tells me the book thinks that Lawrence is not going to get cleared. Yeah, and, and we will we'll dive into that game a little bit more in a moment. Um, but the the way that the Jets line is right now, minus three against the Commanders, total 37 and a half in that one. Both teams eliminated from playoff contention. But I, I want to stick on the Rodgers of it all. I know that it's annoying. But I found it interesting that, like yesterday when he was on Pat McAfee, he made the comment, and we can play a portion of it, but he, he made the comment that it's unrealistic at, at 14 weeks post-surgery to expect that he would be out there playing, which is like, Contrary to everything well, that we've been, he had Which said we've been all previously. saying, right? I mean, haven't we said this? Yes. So I was here. Let's play the clip real quick. But I was frustrated specifically by that comment. Unrealistic was the word he used. Play it. I feel like I can play uh, more years and I can be effective uh, into my 40s, which is crazy because I thought that I'd probably be sitting on a couch somewhere at, uh, at 40. But now I, you know, I want to be a starter at 40. I want to be a starter at 41. I want to see uh, what I can get out of this body. I believe in uh, the leadership that we have here. I believe in our guys. I think uh, it's not a situation where we have to uh, rebuild. Um, We need to to, uh, reload a little bit, uh, and there'll be some tough decisions for sure. But uh, I like uh, the pieces that we have in place. So that wasn't quite the clip I was looking for, but the other one was that he well, said... He sounds like the GM like, in that clip, I can't Stormy. play. <laughs> yes. Well, so that's a whole nother layer to it. But the, the one I was referencing was he said, if I was 100% today, I'd be pushing to play. But the fact is, I'm not. I've been working hard to get closer to that. I'm still 14 weeks tomorrow from my surgery, meaning today. And, you know, being medically cleared as 100% healed is just not realistic at that 14 weeks, which, again, is just the complete opposite of what we had heard from him this entire time. But then there, what I found was interesting was he's talking about about leadership and does the full endorsement for, and there was more to it as well because he talked on McAfee forever, um, but the full endorsement for Joe Douglas and Robert Sala and the whole bit. Yeah, I mean, why not? I mean, he's got, he's running the, I mean, just listening to him, we're, we're not that far away. It sounds like a GM talking. You know, we got to, we're, we're not, we can't stay status quo. Sounds like a GM talking. Uh, we got to make some tough decisions. Sounds like a GM talking. Like he's, he's running the team. I mean, he's running the team. 
and and this is what they've gotten. So, you know, I'm going to stop. But, you know, the, Bill Parcells often told me when I would talk to him on the telephone, quick kicking, quick kicking the dog. It's already dead. You know, like, don't make a story out of something that's already gone. Like, the, Salah's back. Quit talking about it. I'm going to quit talking about it. Like, I'm done with it. I'm done with the Jets. I'm done with talking about it. I mean, if this is what they want to do and you're a Jet fan, I feel badly for you. Because as you said yesterday on the show, when has this ever worked? When has this ever worked where the GM is the, is one of the players? I think that there are, like, know your role is something that just has been so blurred in recent years, especially in sports. And that, and I understand. It's the LeBron thing. It is. It's LeBron. It totally is. Now, one thing that I will give the Jets kudos for, though, is that they are still going to have their first round pick this year, which is important. Yeah. Um, especially because supposedly it's a pretty good tackle draft. You've got the guy from Notre Dame. You've got, um, uh, what's his name? Ulu F- uh, F- Fashionu. I can never pronounce this poor kid's name, but he's an amazing left tackle for Penn State. Like, very, very highly, right. highly rated and touted. So, good opportunity for a bad offensive line to upgrade. Right. And, and the Bears need offensive linemen, too. I don't know if anybody's watched their line play. So, look, one thing you know about offensive linemen, especially left tackles that are that have that can't miss label and size to back it with competitiveness, they're going to go early. They're going to go early. They may not go early in the initial mocks. You know, the, you know, he'll, he'll, he'll be going. But when the NFL people get into it, there's so few left tackles or few left people that can actually do the job. Uh, I think ultimately you've got to say to yourself, okay, we've got to grab this guy. Look, the Jets know they got they got more than just offensive line issues, right? I mean, at some point they got to. What's the scheme? I mean, this scheme is not bad. It's historically bad. Well, and the thing that's so interesting about this whole thing is that clearly it didn't work. And we had the whole conversation last year going into this year about how like the one player away, the one quarterback away thing, it it doesn't work. So if they're going to run it back with all of these same people and pieces, what makes you think just because Aaron Rodgers is a part of the fold that it's going to work? Yes, it'll be better. Yeah. I don't question it'll be better if he's playing every single week, of course. But will it work? I mean, and will I, they be a successful playoff team and a Super Bowl contender? Ugh. I mean, you're putting a lot of faith in things we haven't seen, right? I mean, exactly. you're putting a lot of faith in something we haven't seen all year. We talk about their defense being elite. They go to Miami and, you know, Miami with Tyreek Hill is able to throw the ball on them down the field. They picked on D.J. Reed, you know, and they made the plays that they had to make. That game was really – and I know the Jets lost their quarterback, but so has a lot of teams, right? Like, they just keep – it all comes back to what is really real about New York, and I'm not sure anything is. Well, another thing that bothered me was Rodgers made the comment, oh, this offense was built for me and to be built around me. Okay, but we're in week 16. Like, can you not make some adjustments? That's an indictment on the coach. (laughs) We'll be right back on the Lombardi line. Lots more quarterback news to update, John. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. 
I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. And recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry. Back to Iguodala. Up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. It's the holiday season, and if you're getting ready for your party, you're hosting, you're going over to your family's house, make sure you stop by Total Wine on the way. With the lowest prices for over 30 years, you'll always find what you love and love what you find at Total Wine and more. Please drink responsibly. Must be 21. I personally, big fan of the Baileys and coffee on Christmas Day. Really get it going. Welcome back into the Lombardi line. And we've got to get it going, talking about a few of these games coming up in week 16 of the NFL. And we referenced it off the top of the show. We were talking about Zach Wilson, a number of guys in the protocol this week, including Texans quarterback CJ Stroud, Michael, who already missed this past week. Apparently, he still has light sensitivities, not expected to practice today. So unlikely to play on Sunday. The Texans are getting two and a half points against this Browns team. Case Keenum, what did you think of him this past week and your expectations for him against this Browns defense? Well, I mean, he threw a pick six that was kind of not really his fault, but kind of was, you know, but he made a couple plays. I mean, the biggest play of the game was Dalton Schultz, really. Dalton Schultz bailed him out. I mean, he throws an interception across his body down in the red zone, and and it's going to get picked off, and the Titans are going to win the game, and Dalton Schultz strips the ball from him and wins the game. So it was an up-and-down performance against a very mediocre uh, Tennessee secondary with coverage. And so he was able to make some plays. Singletary was very good for them. To me, this will be a little bit of a different challenge, right? Because they're going to have to play, you know, they're going to have to play a game where they're going to have to execute against a very good Cleveland defense that will take away what they want to do. Now, we know Cleveland doesn't play well on the road. We know that. But I do think that Cleveland will be able to scheme things up, especially in light of where there's no tank Dell. We'll find out, you know, where they're going in terms of their injury report this week. But they didn't have Nico Collins last week, and that hurts them. So I I think to me, you know, the Browns sitting here right now, it's a spot where you think, okay, yeah, I know the numbers say don't play them, but there's so many injuries on this team, on Houston, that have carried over from last week to this week that you have to be worried about. I mean, Nico did not practice the other day. You know, Noah Brown's still limited. So I I think there's some concerns there. Yeah, and Tank, as you mentioned, done for the season with that broken fibula. Also, just because of the way that you mentioned that game coming to a close in overtime against the Titans, like crushing for the two contestants and survivor that had the Titans last week, including our own Adam Burke, just just heartbreaking and now survivors just going to get that much harder by the way because you have what the Thursday and Sunday games all count as one but then you have Christmas Day as your own separate entity and people had to save teams to be in a position it's going to get crazy this week down to 10 contestants now in Survivor here at Circa well you think a lot of people kept Kansas City right more Kansas City Philly I mean I don't think people kept Baltimore San Francisco to roll the dice in that game right correct so if you're playing this one you're you, you kept Kansas City or you kept Philly because you you had to look at that and say I can't just take Philly off my card I can't play them because I got to play them Christmas Day if I make it and the Christmas Day and like Thanksgiving Day are days you got you got to save a team for that whether you save Detroit or whether you save Philly right you have to save a team 
So really, you're working with the rest of the Survivor Tournament with 30 teams, not 32, because you've got to spend this weekend. So I, I would think that a lot of, I hope, and I thought I saw a lot of people last week. Uh, well, where we got it right here. Look at this. Caesar, what a wonderful job, right? I know. Right? They nailed it. You know, they got it perfectly. So look, there's 80% of the contest, 90%. Well, I don't see Kansas so, City up so there. Two, yeah, 20%. So two people have Kansas City. And nine have Philadelphia. So it seems like those are the, the big two. Nobody with Baltimore. Nobody with San Francisco. So if, you, if, if you're if you one of the two with Kansas City, is that the way that you go? Do you have to go KC against the Raiders as a double-digit favorite? I, I think you have to, right? I mean, or I go Philly. It depends you, on what are we doing see, on what are we doing on Saturday? Well, what are we doing I on the I know Philly's a huge favorite, but do you Sunday feel like game. a little sick about them right now? I don't know. I, I don't feel sick about them against the Giants. Okay. Not with Tommy DeVito at quarterback. I don't. I mean, he's look, broken th hearts th before. This, he broke. He broke our poor Polly's heart here. I know, but it's that was really Joe Barry broke his heart. Not 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 Tommy DeVito. Joe Barry broke his heart. Let, <laughs> I mean. Pauly should basically send a dead fish to Joe Barry every single day for the rest of the year because he destroyed him. I mean, that's got him. Joe Barry got everybody who took Green Bay. And, and, and again, if you took Green Bay last week, I watched the tape on Green Bay. I mean, they ran past Baker Mayfield. We're talking about Baker Mayfield having this incredible year. Well, yeah, if you don't rush him down the middle of the field or, or get in front of him, he's going to have great games because every quarterback can step up in the pocket and make a throw. But I think I think to me the, the, there's no way Devito's going to beat Philly. They'll attack him. You know Philly can move the ball on the Giants all the time. Hertz is going to have to play better. But I wouldn't sweat that one. I, I, look, Kansas City. There's always a concern because of Kansas City's offensive line. You know, I'm not saying oh. they're going to lose because I, I think I would take them and lay the ten. I really would. However, that being said. You know, I think Phillies would be the play I would make here. Yeah, well, no, and now that I'm thinking even more deep into it, the Raiders, despite not having anything to play for if you're a player, like, this is still a team that just lit up the scoreboard against the Chargers. They're probably a little bit confident right now. Their coach obviously wants to have the job, which we'll get into coach talk in a little bit, but there's a lot of layers to this. So uh, implied value per entry $926,700. Wow. Um, so and, best of and luck. Nobody wants, to, nobody wants to sell out. The harder question to answer is, now we know, right, we know that Chris, we know the 23rd counts. I mean, what are you playing? If you have Buffalo, if somebody has Buffalo, they're really fortunate. If, they, if you have Buffalo and you have Philly going into this weekend. Nobody you, has you got Buffalo. A chance. Nobody has Buffalo. Oh, boy. So this is going to be the interesting one. I mean, like, where are you going for the pick? Where are you going, Miss Stormy? Who you taking for the lock of the week on the, on the Sunday games? Where's your lock? I think so. Like I, the majority of people are going to use the Eagles because, like I said, nine of the ten based on those right. percentages have Philadelphia. Chris, Christmas Day, we we can solve that problem. So, Chris, the problem Sunday. Mm. That's I, the problem. You taking Tampa over Jacksonville? You taking Chicago over Arizona? It's going to be you taking oof. Atlanta over Indy or you taking Indy over Atlanta or you taking I don't trust, Green Bay. Or you, I, how or, many people have it, the Colts? Let's see. Uh, bah, bah, bah. Oh, everybody has the Colts. I see. I don't hate that. I don't hate that. I don't hate that against Atlanta. I think that the Falcons are terrible. So and, and, and I'm like buying what Steichen is selling. I'm, I'm on oh, the I Minshew mania. I know it's a pick em game, but like I'm not trusting anything that Atlanta is doing at this point. I think I think Indy's an option. I That's do, an option. especially with Arthur with with Arthur Blank saying yesterday that he supports his head coach, but he's going to wait to the end of the season. Now I, I'm old and I've been through this before. That means he's getting fired, okay? Because you know the, there's nothing this guy's going to do to turn the season around. The season's been we are 14 weeks in the season. It's already disappointing for Arthur Blank. It's over. You know it's done. He's so forget that. And I think everybody in that building might know that. They might know that. So there's an issue. But you know that they play better at home, so there's always a concern there. What other you take Detroit over Minnesota? Or you or you rolling the dice with the Jets over Washington? No, no, I hate it. This this is <laughs> is Survivor gonna end this week? I mean, just based on the games that we're talking about right now, the options lay it out. Let's say everybody's on Philly this week, they beat the Giants, whoever those two other people are, like however they decide to distribute it, you're taking they either might Philly not get or KC. To Philly. 
They might not get. They might not make it past Sunday to get to Monday. Ugh. Well, so the Sunday mm, games are a landmine. The Sunday games are a landmine. Well, I think people are going to take Denver over New England. How many people do you think are are done? Like, how many people are we left with after Sunday before we get to those Monday oh. games? Well, I got to look at this. Who has Den? How many people have Denver? Everybody. Okay, so 100% of the group. So let's just focus on 100% of the group. Denver's a play. Indy's a play. Of the 100%, I would say a lot of them are going to be on Denver and Indy. The 90% group, I think Chicago's a play there, right? I think all of them take Philly. The 90%, all of them take Philly. So scratch them out. And then Cincy, Minnesota, the Giants, you can't take any of those on Sunday. Cleveland, you could consider on Sunday because of the injuries. You're not taking the Chargers. or ten- You can't trust Tennessee against Seattle. I'm surprised you're taking the Kansas- Bears. Arizona's been plucky. I know, but, I mean, look, you got to take somebody, right? If you don't have Arizona, 100% have Arizona, but I'm not taking Arizona over Denver and India. Yeah, I'm not on the know. road either. I, you wouldn't want to take them on the road. But I'm yeah. just saying, I don't know if that's the game I would pick. But which game would you pick? It's so, oh. It's there you go. I mean, this is a hard one. I think you're going to see a lot of people on Denver. I think of that 100% group, there's going to be a strong sense of Denver and maybe a sprinkle of Indy. Maybe two people take Indy. But, and then I think whoever has Philly takes Philly on Sunday. And if they don't have Philly, 20% takes KC. So it's, those are the two. Sunday's the easy day. It's figuring out this Saturday one. Whoa, boy. Or Sunday one. This is both. This is hard. It's it's brutal. Denver at least is at home. The in, the right. indie pick, which I people... like, is on the road. So maybe that's not the way you want to and de- go and out. Denver lives on turnovers, and nobody loves to give the ball away more than Bailey Zappi and the New England Patriots. Absolute madness. They call it Survivor for a reason. We'll see who can survive this weekend. Um, we're gonna step aside. We were obviously just talking a good bit about Arthur Smith and his future. A few other places that could potentially be in need of new talent at the coaching position. Next. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. Want to check out VEASAN's betting splits and don't have a VEASAN Pro subscription yet? No problem. This week only, we are giving everybody access to the betting splits for free. The VEASAN betting splits page is updated with DraftKings odds every five minutes so you can see changes in all the action. You find out where the public's betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match that public opinion. You can check out not just today's action, but future events and games as well. Get free access to VEASAN's betting splits all week at VEASAN.com slash splits. That's V-S-I-N dot com slash splits and this is the Lombardi line he's Michael Lombardi I'm Stormy Bond and Tony and we were talking a little bit about a coach who is likely on his way out of the door it appears in Atlanta and Arthur Smith there was there was um, a comment that was made to what is it the Georgia public broadcasting on Tuesday where Mm -hmm. Arthur Blank said the organization in one quote was committed to coach Smith, but then added the Falcons will assess where they're at and go on from there after the season ends. Mm-hmm. So, um, but well, we've already had three coach firings this year. It appears that there are going to be a lot of them on the way. How, how many, we had that report earlier this season from Adam Schefter saying that there could be as many as 10. What, what would, if you, if I said a total for you at over or under nine coaching changes this year, would you go over? I might go under that just because I think when you break it down, right? I mean, the question in New Orleans remains to be seen. I, I don't know where that's going to go because, you know, they're, they're playing for it. New Orleans and Tampa are wild cards. I think to get to nine, you're anticipating one of those to open, right? Uh, I don't think people felt Atlanta would open because a lot of people thought Atlanta was going to win the division, but it seems to me to be trending in that direction. Could it be saved? Perhaps. I don't think so. So, you know, I, I think when you look at that, you, you know, we know Washington's going to open up. That's a foregone conclusion. We know that there's going to be a discussion in Denver, in New England. I don't know if we know the answer of what that's going to bring. But to get to nine, you need some surprises. And I think the surprise, the only surprise place to me that I see is, is, is now Atlanta. And could, be, could it be Green Bay? I don't think so, but could Green Bay because of the way they've collapsed lately? So 
I was wondering with the NFC South, because there was, I feel like there was high expectations, not only for Atlanta, but for the Saints as well. If they don't win the division, could that be one? Or even, so, and I know you're going to hate this, and I hate it too on the surface. It seems like it would be such a crazy thing to say, but I've seen some other conversation floating around about like, could maybe there be a separation from Mike Tomlin and the Steelers after this, like a mutual parting of ways, similar to kind of the conversations that we're talking about potentially happening, happening in New England after this year, although their situation obviously much more dire with the way things have played out this season. Yeah, I, you know, I mean, look, it's not I, – I always tend to look at these coaching changes as what has been the pattern. You know, what is the behavior of the ownership group, right? And I think that they're going to let Mike Tomlin fix the offense. I think Mike Tomlin's already had plans to fix the offense, whether it's bringing Byron Leftwich, who was a former player there, back as his offensive coordinator who was in Tampa. He comes from the Bruce Arians school, which Mike really likes – offensively because remember Bruce Arians was there so my sense of that place there is they're going to let him fix that I don't think they want to sit out and start looking for another coach because they know look they're, they're not stupid they know Mike Tomlin would last 10 seconds on the open market oh yeah so like they, they don't react like that then and they've never reacted like that I think New England's a little bit different I think New England is is really the argument everybody thinks the argument in New England is over you know is should should Belichick, has he lost it, the GM, all that. I think the bigger prevailing argument there is the Crafts probably would like to have their team back. You know, for the most part, they've given Belichick as much control as any head coach in the league. And that's been probably the right thing to do. They've won six Super Bowls. They've been in a bunch of them. So how could you argue with that, right? I don't think – but I think now is – you know, people say, well, he's had bad drafts. Okay, he's had bad drafts. How did Rob Gronkowski get there? You know, how, how did they, you know, did they win six Super Bowls with no players? I mean, how did James White show up? Did he just roll on campus? How about Shaq Mason or some of the people that played in the Super Bowl games? I think it's a little bit too far. I think it goes down a road. It, it's a narrative that's not correct. Could they use help? Certainly. But I think there's a, that, that conversation is different. Tennessee's made it very clear they're not getting rid of Mike Tom, Mike Vrabel. No, they got to get him under contract, but they're not getting rid of him. And so I, I can't get to nine. I really can't based on using my logic. Yeah, Tennessee was the other one because there were talks. And again, these are just like media people speculating about options they could have. And obviously Patriots fans, I'm sure, would love to have a guy like Mike Vrabel in that room um, with his ties. But the, there could be a trade. But that doesn't seem like the case. And it seems like Gerard Mayo is the name that everybody assumes will go on and step into that role right. once once Bill Belichick is out. But my question about that is, if you're trying to like rearrange things and have a change in culture, if Gerard Mayo just gets elevated, you're still going to have so many of the other same pieces around him. No. So is it just the letting go of the GM things that Belichick does that would be different in that case? And that would be enough? Yeah, I think it's a it's a reorganization of structure, right? So I think that, you know, you've had a head coach, everything runs through it. Now you have an opportunity to bring in a head young head coach, let him coach the team, hire a general manager, whether it's Matt Grow, they they give him the full authority to build the team and use use the and have Jonathan Kraft, who's the president of the team, you know, have him involved in a lot of these decisions. I think that's the natural train of thought there that can follow down that road. And and I can't say that I know that to be happening. I'm just guessing that because, I mean, at the end of the day, Mr. Kraft is really smart and he's got to ask himself, am I better with Gerard Mayo as the head coach than I went with Bill Belichick? Or am I better with Mayo as the head coach in a different structure within my organization? I think that's the question he's asking himself. He's not going to replace Belichick as a coach. He's just not going to. I mean, I think Aaron Rodgers made that pretty clear the other day. Well, and again, I don't think there, there's anybody that watches the game that says Bill Belichick is not good at coaching football anymore. Look at the things that that Patriots defense has done as evidence. Um, it's, it's other things, certainly. And we just had that graphic up on the screen of some of the top NFL assistants around the National Football League right now. Who do you think is going to be the most in demand for a head coaching gig after this season? Well, I, I think Ben Johnson's going to get huge money. I think he's going to get huge money. 
I think he's going to be really there. I think Dan Quinn, if something happens in Seattle, and I'm not suggesting it will, but if something happens where Pete Carroll retires, and there could be one you add that you're not counting on, mm. if Pete retires, I think Dan Quinn's the heir apparent there. I think that happens there. So I think Quinn there. I think Mike McDonald and Raheem Morris and Brian Flores are really attractive candidates. I can't imagine Brian Johnson, based on the Eagle offense, is going to be a contender. And I can't imagine Eric Bieniemy either. I think, to me, there is the media of Eric Bieniemy, and then there's the reality in the league. Is Eric Bieniemy really a head coach? I think there's two conversations. And he went to Washington, and look, you know, I thought that finally, after 14 weeks or 15 weeks, we, you know, Ron Rivera said, well, I had to protect my quarterback because he's getting them killed. He's getting them killed. His eye level's way down now. So you can call as many pass plays as you want. It doesn't make you a great offensive coach. So I, I don't see that. Uh, Brian Callahan, I don't know how that will go in an interview. But, I, you know, I think to me there's so many teams that want offensive minds that I think certainly he becomes a candidate. Yeah, and the enemy, to your point, like he was somebody who, like this was a prove-it opportunity for him, and it hasn't panned out that way. And especially when you throw in the other media reports of the way that his coaching style is not being received particularly well. And whether that's true or not, yeah. we're not in the building. I don't know. But those well, reports have really been out there. You. I, here's what I would say to you. Why haven't they fired Rivera and promoted the enemy? That's what I asked earlier in the season, too. Michael, I'm right there with you. It seems like a golden opportunity to let him take over, see what it looks like, right? Uh, right. If you know but you're moving there's on There's a from reason Rivera. for that. Yep. There's a reason for that. Now, the media might have a different reason, but I'm not sure they're correct. There's a reason for that. And I think there's a reason why you haven't seen or read from the Washington Post or the Times or anywhere within the D.C. area that there hasn't been a movement to make him the head coach. So now you add those two things together, and I'm not uh, – look, it's deductive reasoning here. Like, there's a reason why Rivera is still there making horrendous decisions on Sundays, and he's fired everybody else around him. Lost five in a row, four and ten team, not great. Uh, real quickly, last 30 seconds, the Chargers I know are projected to be around $35 million over the cap next year, but is that still the most attractive job because of the Justin Herbert of it all? I think it will be, yeah. I think it will be to get a new facility in El Segundo. They're going to have facilities. Look, I think the Chargers are probably the team that has to recognize their situation better than anybody. They don't have a fan base that's still in San Diego. They don't have a home field because they left San Diego, and they have to have some credibility. And John Spanos, the owner's son, he came out and talked about, you know, we're going to prove all these people who think we're cheap wrong, right? He th you know, he's going to go in there, and they're going to make it so that if they're interested in the right coach, they're going to go get him. Yeah, he was asked specifically if the franchise would be willing to spend $20, 25000000 million on a coach. He said, I can tell you there have been no discussions internally about there being a max. So expected for no limitations there. We got no way or no doubt coming up next on the Lombardi line. Stay with us. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever 
you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. In the NBA, the game can change in an instant, but no matter how the action unfolds, DraftKings Sportsbook has your back. This week, new customers can score $150 instantly in bonus bets just for betting 5 bucks on basketball. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the code VSIN. That's V-S-I-N. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. Do you disagree with these takes? No way. Uh-uh, no way. Or do you approve? Oh, no doubts. No doubts. No doubt, my mind. No diggity, no doubt. It's time to ask Michael Lombardi, no way or no doubt. All right, let's dive right in because there has been so much talk about this San Francisco 49ers team and about how there is a gap. It's them and everybody else right now with the way that they have been playing football, Michael. So when it comes to the biggest game of the year, it is Super Bowl or bust this year for the 49ers. No way or no doubt. Well, there's no way it's not, uh, right? I mean, it, you, they've got such a good young team and a quarterback on a rookie contract that there's no there's no way they won't be back again next year. But there's no doubt this is a big moment. This isn't the biggest game, but this season is the big moment, right? If they win the game, great. If they don't win the game, they're going to go on and win their games, and then they got you got to deal with them in the playoffs. So for me, I think to me, this isn't this will be a great game to watch Christmas Day. Christmas night, but I don't see this as being, oh, if they don't win, their their season's falling apart. They're going to have a trajectory as long as they keep all these pieces around the quarterback under contract with a rookie contract, they're going to be in good shape. What Would you consider this season a failure if the 49ers don't at least make the Super Bowl this year? Yeah, I think any team that I would have put in that that have dominated games as many as Baltimore and San Francisco have, if they don't make their run, now we can't predict can they win the game. I mean, look, Arthur Smith was on the Arthur Blank was on the field with he's up twenty eight to three. He was getting his finger fitted for for a ring, you know. I mean, I can't predict whether they're going to win it all, but this is you, this is your moment. You're going to make your run right now. Uh, injuries, in my mind, I feel like are the one thing that could hold San Francisco back right. in that instance. So if they stay healthy. Then, then if they stay healthy, then yes, I would say it's a failure if they don't. Like, we can't – that's something that we just can't account yeah. for at this if point. If they lose Purdy or if they lose one of their – they, you know, that, yeah. this is not – it's a hard thing to do. you got to stay healthy all the way through. I mean, look, how about New England? You know, remember, New England loses Gronk on a field extra point, you know, and that hurt them in that playoff run. New England loses Gronk in a championship game on a high ankle sprain. And – when he wasn't on the – he played against the Giants, but he wasn't effective. I mean, those things matter. Okay, no way or no doubt. The Buffalo Bills are number one on the list in terms of teams you don't want to play in the playoffs. Well, yeah, I think that's right. I think you don't want to play Buffalo because they're confident. They're cocky. They got a great player at quarterback, and they have momentum. And one thing we know about all those people that talk about – do this on third down, do this on fourth down. Football is a game of momentum and belief. And when you have momentum and belief, you can go far. You know, and right now they do. That Daquan Jones, they just put him on the 21-day window to come back. 
If he's able to come back and they get that boost from their defensive line with him on the field, huge, huge. That'll give Miami trouble. That'll give Kansas City trouble. That'll give any of their opponents trouble if they get him back inside. I know the Cowboys were dealing with an illness this week, but still held to a season-low 195 total yards. They were 5 of 13 on third down. Every week is playoff football for the Bills, and despite being on the outside looking in of the playoff picture, just plus 650 to win the AFC right now, fourth on the odds board, despite, again, being on the outside looking in at this point. How about the Jacksonville Jaguars, Michael? No way or no doubt. The Jags are going to lose the AFC South division race. They've dropped three games in a row. You know, I get the sense when I watch Jacksonville that they have no real toughness to them. So, and I think I think the Texans do. Now, the Texans have been hit with this injury bug, and that's a real problem. So, for me, I still favor Jacksonville. This is a huge game for them going over to Tampa. But if they don't have Lawrence and they go with C.J. Beathard, which they have to do if they don't have Lawrence, that's an issue. So, you know, I would still put sprinkle money on, but there's no doubt that they're that they're in a very difficult situation right now. They are, and I would lean towards Houston. Well, and you mentioned Lawrence, who's in the concussion protocol, but also still, like, had the fumble on the play without being touched. We know the offensive line issues they have, inconsistencies in the run game, throw in a bunch of penalties lately as well. Like, there's a lot of things that just look off for Jacksonville right now. So I definitely question whether or not they can hold on. You mentioned the Texans. They've got the Browns, Titans, and at the Colts as their remaining three games. Jags, who are a minus-130 favorite in the division at, T- at Tampa this week, as you referenced. Again, the Panthers and at the Titans. And then the Colts, plus 270, same price as the Texans right now, are at Atlanta and then have the Raiders and Texans. They've won five of their last six. So some options there. Let's go to Mr. Tyreek Hill. Um, Now, listen, we did have the news update. He's not going to practice today. Head coach Mike McDaniel said that's just part of making sure he's all cylinders go as the Dolphins prep for the Cowboys this week. So should Tyreek play this week and the next two weeks, Michael? No way or no doubt Hill can still eclipse 2,000 yards and break Calvin Johnson's single season record. No way he can do that. I mean, it's going to be hard for him, and especially if he's not 100%. But uh, I wouldn't put it past him, but there's no way I think he can. Because, look, when he's back on the field, everybody knows you got to take him out of the game. He's the most important piece to their offense. And Dallas knows this. Buffalo certainly knows this. So I think they've got to make sure more than him getting 2,000 yards, they got to make sure that he's healthy. Mm. He has 1,542 yards right now. He'll need to average 141 per game to beat the record, 153 per game, which he's done five times this season, in order to break 2,000. So it would be an uphill battle and facing some defenses that don't give up a ton to receivers as well. So I don't think he can do it, but I'm sad. I really, really wanted him to get there because he was calling his shot in the preseason. He said, it's on my bucket list. I'm going to get 2,000. We're going to do X, Y, and Z. I wanted it for him. Seems like going to be a rough one to get. Um, Let's go to those Dallas Cowboys. Uh, The Cowboys, no way or no doubt, road issues will continue this week in Miami against the Dolphins. No doubt. And and the fact that they're playing Vic Fangio's, their defense, and Vic Fangio's really good, and their defense is really good. And, And if the Cowboys don't improve in their offensive line, if they don't get more physical, if they don't play well on the road, bad lines don't travel. And I'm not saying they're a bad line. But what I am saying is they have not performed well on the line, on the offensive line, on the road. And that's going to be the problem. Look, you want to, you evaluate your, if you're a general manager in the league, you evaluate your teams on the road games, not the home games. You evaluate them on the road games. That's your basis of your player evaluation because that gives you an indication where there is some disadvantage. And you want to see how your players react with that disadvantage. And the Cowboys haven't mustered it yet. And a lot of it is defensive related. They got to play from in front. They don't play from in front on the road against good teams. San Francisco blew them out. We saw Buffalo blow them out and have to play from behind. That ain't going to work. You can beat Carolina like that. You're not going to beat the good teams. Yeah, they're 7-0 at home, 3-4 and four on the road. They have outscored opponents at home by 171 points total. They're minus four on the road. Crazy to think how big that gap is. Mike McCarthy's acknowledged it. Michael Parsons even called it embarrassing and said it needs to get fixed. He said it's unacceptable and mind-boggling. Um, let's go to this one because I know this is your favorite, your favorite question. No way or no doubt. Brock Purdy's a system quarterback, Michael. No way. 
I mean, you know, that's such an overused term. And then when a guy doesn't play well in the system, nobody says anything. You know, it's like, this. yeah, the system helps him. There's no question. But he makes the system go. He makes it go. I mean, it, it, look, just look at Kyle Shanahan's record when he doesn't have a quarterback that can make the system work. He doesn't do it. I mean, Nick Mullen couldn't do it. So for me, I think that's just a really, that's people that don't understand the game that say that because it's not an easy game. It's hard. He makes some really great throws and makes some great decisions. You know, Christian McCaffrey had some interesting comments on Tom Brady's podcast this week because Brady said, you know, Christian, you would get my vote for MVP right now. And he said, everybody calls Brock a system quarterback, but every quarterback is a system quarterback. They all play within a system. It's who can do right. unique things to take the system a step further. And he felt that Brock did that. Um, but I feel like we're going to have this debate for the next few weeks. And this week is going to be super important against the Ravens and Lamar Jackson, who's an MVP candidate. Who's going to have Who's going to have the MVP for performance on Christmas night, Michael? If you had to call your shot right now, Lamar, Brock Purdy, or CMC, who's going to stand out? Uh, I would say CMC. I think he'll play well because in space and all that. I mean, look, I never underestimate. I never underestimate how great of a player Lamar Jackson is. No, you're, you're. I'm right there with you. Christian McCaffrey, by the way, now second only to Jerry Rice for a single season number of touchdowns. He's on the way. Rice had 23 in a season. CMC has three games to go, and he's at 20. So it'll be a fun fun race to see if he can make a little bit of, of history with one of the best ever to play the game. But that debate about who's going to be MVP on his own team is, is going to continue certainly over these next couple of weeks. We've got to take a step aside. We will reset with hour two when we come back. Some more news and notes to get to, as well as Michael's top five and bottom five teams in the NFL. But we all know we just talked about number one. We'll be right back. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 